0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you today. Whilst we're online, the churches across all locations are gathering in Ilkeston for a very special Sunday. We do it three or four times a year where we uh, come together and we're inspired together. And uh, there's a visionary uh, message that uh, I have the joy of, of bringing and also an update of where we are. And today, what I want to do, I want to launch straight into it because I want to talk about defying the odds. Defying the odds. As you know, Mark Batterson is a friend of Arena Church. And uh, Mark tells a story in the Circle Maker book of the Mississippi farmer who uh, there was drought in that particular area of Mississippi. And the rural church pastor was so concerned for all the farmers that he pulled together a prayer meeting and uh, called them out, and they came in the evening, and it was just so happened that they all came, but this one Mississippi farmer came with his waders on. They're all laughing at him and saying, what on earth are you doing? And he says, I haven't just come to pray, I've come expecting for the rain to come. And sure enough, that night, before they'd even finished the prayer meeting, the heavens opened, and he was the only one who went home dry. It's a great story for me of how we can defy the odds in God. I want to just take you to Amos in chapter 9 and verse 13. It's a passage that's really confused me at times because it doesn't make sense in the natural. And that is the point of this. But let me read it to you if you've never read it. It says there that the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from the hills. As we look up to God and gain a greater vision and perspective, we also get a new revelation. And what God begins to do is he begins to deposit this promise and picture that I've just read from Amos. It's a picture of exponential, supernatural growth and harvesting. In a time where there was very little happening. And it reminds me of where we are today with much fear and much concern around the world and around this country. Very practical needs that people are facing. And that's what the picture of Amos. And God gave Amos this vision for the nation. But here's the question. How does the plowman overtake the reaper? It doesn't make sense. You see, in God... This is what I felt God say. In God, the growth stages are no longer restricted by natural farming laws of planting and harvesting. But they have become supernatural in nature. You see, the field is growing at the same time it is being harvested. Wow. And planted. And the seasons are overlapping. And this is the point of this picture. This is what Amos 9.13 promise gives us. It is a picture of defying the odds. And it's a call for us to walk in faith. Now, in the Assyrian weeks across all the locations and online, we're going to be talking about, let's talk about faith. And we're going to be talking into a number of things. And one of those weeks, we're going to be talking about the gift of faith and how it is exercised and how it is given. And let me just give you a brief introduction to that. The gift of faith is an extraordinary confidence in God and His promises. You see, we are called to walk this life of faith. The Waymaker's song, even when I can't feel it. You're working even when I can't see it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. God is at work, friend. God is at work. God is at work in our lives. God is at work in our towns. God is at work in our cities. And God is at work in the nation and the nations of the world. And we need to lift up our eyes and see what God is seeing. But as I just have these few minutes with you, I want to encourage you in your journey of faith. I want to take you for a moment to Romans in chapter 4, verse 17 through to 18. I'm going to read it from a contemporary version, the message. And I want to take us to Abraham, the father of faith. Let's read together, shall we? It reads there, we call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made him some, something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless. Everybody say that with me. When everything was hopeless. It might be hopeless in your life, but when everything was hopeless or is hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw, he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made a father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Now Abraham defied the odds. Because if you know the story, Abraham was old. He was 100 years old. And his wife, Sarah, was very old. I think she was 90. They were old in age. They were past childbearing. They were past the whole thought of, you know, uh, producing a child. And yet they'd been given a promise many years before. It could seem like it had all gone and was all lost. But God stepped in. And he and his aged wife, they had a son. And it was down to Abraham's faith. So there's three things that I want to just say to you that I think have great relevance to every one of us from this passage. Number one, it's bad English, but I've done it on purpose, so you remember it. Be before you are. Be before you are. It says there that Abraham first was named Father, then he became a father. What I've been intrigued by is many people have been labeled in this world and the label are stuck. You're a dunce. You're an idiot. You're a fool. You'll always be a fool. You waste money. You're this. You're uneducated. You know, you're not lice looking. You have no uh, charisma. You know, you're never going to achieve anything. And these labels stick on, on our lives if we're not careful. We need to throw off the labels of the past and we need to believe what God said to us and we need to then start living in that truth. We need to be before we are. Abraham lived like a father before he became a father. A great example of that is Ilkeston. When we came to Ilkeston, we just knew that we wanted to plant a city-minded church in a market town. What do I mean? We wanted to have community outreaches. We wanted to have buildings. We wanted to have staff. We wanted to be impactful. We wanted for the town to know that we were here. That doesn't happen in many market towns, but it does in Ilkeston. And we determined to live like it even before we became like it. Does that make sense? You see, what I did 22 years ago, I determined my preferred future for this church. I said, this is not going to be determined. This church, Arena Church, is not going to be determined by its geography. It's not going to be determined by its demographics. It's not going to be determined by my past failings and my past mistakes. I began to hear the Lord say to me, ask of me, ask of me, Christian, ask me. And I began to walk in it. It may be that you've been born from the wrong side of town. You lack education. But I want to encourage you to be before you are. To live. To live in, the, in the, what God has said to you in the promises of God. Secondly, he says that Abraham dared to trust God to do what only he could do. Again, Mark Batterson often says, work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. And the Bible verse that comes to mind when I think about this is Ephesians 3 verse 20. We quote, it no end in the church. Read it with me. It says, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Can I ask you, what are you daring to trust God with? What are you daring to trust God to do what only he can do? Have you got some issues in your family? Are you, are you wanting a husband, and a, a godly husband and a godly wife? Are you wanting to build this great business? Are you wanting to see your kids and grandkids and great grandkids saved and they're not presently? I want to encourage you to trust God to do what only he can do. And we do that through prayer. Circling it in prayer. And we're also doing it by working hard. There's a young man in our church who did incredibly well at school. He was in, in, I won't mention his name, he's now in one of the best uh, colleges in Nottingham. He's just been given an incredible opportunity to go and do a law degree and then finance him as he does that. And he has an aspiration to get into politics. And we all joke about him, him being the next prime minister of, of England. Why not? We want to encourage our young people and everybody to dare to trust God, to do what only God can do. And thirdly, Abraham lived on the basis of what God said and can do and not on what he naturally saw. In the natural, Abraham was past childbearing. He didn't have it in him. I'm not being crude. He just didn't have it in him. It was a supernatural occurrence that would have taken place. His wife, her body would not have had it in her. And yet the reality is that God did what God said he would do. And in the natural, they could have looked on and said, this will never happen. That was Sarah's story, but not Abraham, the father of faith. As I reminded you at the very beginning, the song that really encouraged me in this and still does is the Waymaker Chorus. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Do you ever feel like that? You might feel like that today. But let me tell you, God never stops working. We live in this in this realm of the the, the visible. But I want to tell you, God is in operation in the invisible realm. There are things at work that God is orchestrating and putting the dots together in readiness for what He wants to do in your life and what He wants to do in us as a church. Guys, things are tough. Things are, are difficult. We have the same issues of energy and gas prices and cost of goods and inflation and all those kinds of things as a ministry. But I want to tell you, we are still as committed as ever, not just to remain in where we are, but to keep moving forward. This is only possible as we live on the basis of what God said and what he can do and what he's promised to me and the team and not on what we naturally see. Let me remind you of those verses that we read together. Abraham was first named father, then became a father because he dared to trust God to do What only God could do, raise the dead if necessary with a word, make something out of nothing. I reminded you at the very beginning, we quoted it together, when everything was hopeless. In the midst of hopelessness, in the midst of despair, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain, in the midst of sadness, in the midst of depression. Let me tell you, it is not hopeless in God. Abraham believed anyway. Can I encourage you, faith in your heart, to believe what God has said to you. Get a promise from God's word in your heart. And then decide to live not on the basis of what you see, but on what God said he would do. Your marriage may be hopeless. Your relationships may be hopeless. Your business at this moment may be stuttering and hopeless. That career that you want to embrace just feels hopeless, but God is able to do it. One of our moving forward pastors, very quickly, Paul and Sally Sherwin, have done a terrific job, a terrific job over in Lincoln. They was just saying and sharing with our pastors their 16 year journey. It's been a 16 year journey of heartache, but I want to tell you, they did not believe on the basis of what they saw. They lived on the basis of what God said. And 16 years later, God has brought an incredible breakthrough. And we celebrated with them as they were baptizing, I believe it was seven people in the church. That is remarkable in that church. Ha. So, can I encourage you lift up your eyes? Lift up your eyes. Begin to believe what only God can do. Begin to dream big. Pray continually. Work hard. And defy the odds. You may have felt like you've been written off. I want to tell you, there may be people who write you off. You may have been written off yourself. You've written yourself off. But God has never written you off. His love knows no bounds. And He wants your life to defy Or the odds. I wonder if today you don't know the Lord. And you say, today Christian, oh I so want that message. You can. It all begins with Jesus. It all begins at the cross. It all begins as you repent of your sin and your past life and enter into this new life. When you hear the call to follow Jesus. Is there somebody today who would say, I'm going to follow the Lord? If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I follow you today. I commit my life to you. I receive your love and your forgiveness. I confess my sins and I enter into this new life. If that is you today, I would really encourage you, if you're close by, connect with us at Arena Church. If you're near to another church, connect with a good Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church because this is the beginning of your journey for you to defy the odds There are other people who you're just in pain and disappointment and tragedy and everything seems lost. Can I encourage you to lift up your eyes to begin to see the picture of Amos, how it's a supernatural thing that takes place. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven, even where you are in your living room or wherever you are. Just say, dear Jesus, I believe this word to my heart. I receive this word to my heart. I believe in the name of Jesus that I am going to live not on what I see, but on what you have said. And I'm going to continue to trust you and believe for a breakthrough in these areas that are troubling me in my life. I commit my life to you. Help me, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just encourage you guys just to give a big shout of praise to God. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory. And he's on the throne. And he goes before you and he is for you. Come on, let's defy the odds together. I look forward to seeing you live in person at some point. But in the meantime, as always, I love you. I'm praying for you and I believe in you. God bless you.